Our scripture passage tonight is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, and we'll read verses 1 to 15, one of uh, Jesus' remarkable parables. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And getting out about the third, going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, that'd be five o'clock our time, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I should let you know that I prepared my message in the original NIV, so... I'll have a little different phraseology at uh, different points. Uh, If you're a parent like me, you know the perils of showing favoritism. Uh, One night, Ruth and I had put our boys, my wife Ruth, our two boys, to bed. And our older son, Paul, after a busy day, he fell right asleep. But our younger son, two years younger, um, he stayed wide awake. Now, as parents, we learned early on that to remain sane, you need some quiet at the day's end. So our rule of thumb was the boys stay in bed, period. But Derek stayed wide awake for a long time and Finally, we just decided to make an exception. We let him get up and hang out with us for a little while, and he thought it was the greatest. So everything was fine and dandy until the next morning when our elder son heard that his younger brother had been allowed to get up and 
and, and not him, he was not happy. He fussed, he fumed, and finally the three dreaded words, it's not fair. Jesus tackles this very question or complaint in his parable. He says, the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard, and he hires them for a standard day's wage, a denarius. You know, things haven't uh, changed that much. Uh, I mentioned that I was uh, a church planter uh, north of San Francisco. It was in Sonoma County. Uh, that's wine country. It's just a, a near neighbor to Napa Valley. And um, I would see, as I drove around, there was a, an old grocery store on the edge of town where men would hang out, and basically they were waiting for someone to hire them to work for a day in some nearby vineyard. So in the parable, this landowner goes back to get more workers several times. He goes back at 9 and noon and, and 3 o'clock. And um, he even returns at 5 o'clock. Um, if you think about a, a normal 12-hour day, our 6 to 6 o'clock, uh, one hour left in the standard workday. Uh, but otherwise, uh, everything is pretty common in Jesus' parable. To this point. Uh, then comes the dramatic twist. Uh, at evening time, the landowner pays every worker a full day's wage, including those who only worked a fraction of the day. In effect, the shorter their work day, the more undeserved wages they received. Now, this is the shocker in Jesus' parable. This is unheard of. Uh, suppose I took a, a survey of 10 wineries in Sonoma County. Uh, I'm sure that none of them would report paying a worker a full day's wage for only a few hours. However, such undeserved wages are at the very heart of Jesus' parable. You see, God is like that landowner. God offers us undeserved favor. God isn't stingy. He's not tight-fisted. God is generous. He loves to give us good things. Let me ask you tonight, when, when you think about God, what are qualities that first come to mind? Well, at the forefront should be His grace. As the Psalms say again and again, the Lord is gracious. Isn't it awesome to have a God like that? That's good news. And that's the first basic point in the parable. But now we, we get to a second point of the parable, which I especially want to explore. Not all the workers received the same bonus. I mean, those who worked six hours, in a sense, got 
six hours of undeserved pay. Uh, those who worked just one hour got 11 hours of bonus pay. And those who worked the entire day got no bonus at all. So this parable makes a very important point. God's grace is uneven. God's grace is uneven. God doesn't take a measuring cup and carefully pour the precise amount of grace to all of us. No, God seems to splash his grace around in, in different doses. God's grace is amazing, but it is uneven. Different hours of work, the same denarius. And so, too, we all receive different measures of God's grace. Uh, we see that in the area of spiritual gifts, right? In Romans 12, the Apostle Paul, he describes this whole list of spiritual gifts that God's people have, and, and he makes it clear that that every believer receives at least one spiritual gift, every gift is important to the body of Christ, and that every believer is needed and wanted. But Paul also implies that there are different measures of these gifts. Verse 3 says, think in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Verse 6 adds, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And so it is across the board. Uh, God has graced people in different measures, different measures of health and energy, uh, different uh, creativity and smarts, different talents and abilities. God splashes out his grace in different measures. And that leads to a third main point. Because God's grace is uneven, it can bother us. Let me say that again. Because God's grace is uneven, it can bother us. Uh, the laborers who got bonus wages, in effect, I mean, they had no problem. They, um, why should they? They pocketed their, the wages they earned plus all the other undeserved wages, and they happily went on their way. But the all-day workers were bothered. They were observing all these other bonuses, undeserved wages being handed out, and, and they expected some as well, maybe even more, because they'd worked the full day. Verse 11, when they received just a denarius, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. Do you see what, what bugged my son Paul is exactly what bugged these workers. My younger brother got to stay up and I didn't. It's not fair. These other workers got a bonus and we didn't. It's not fair. So God's grace is amazing, but it is uneven. 
And so we run a double danger. We may think God unfair, and we may resent others who seem to get a better deal than us. Think of Joseph's brothers. Their father was always showing favoritism to Joseph. Jacob made a richly ornamented robe for Joseph, not for his other sons. And finally, Genesis 37 says they hated Joseph and could not speak a kind word to him. In fact, they resented him so much for all this favor that they plotted to kill him. With uneven grace, we run a double danger to think God unfair and to resent others. And I think we can all understand that and perhaps identify with it. I'll give just uh, an experience uh, from Ruth and myself. Um, Probably when we were here 35 years ago was about the time we were hoping to start a family. Uh, But Ruth wasn't able to get pregnant. And here we were eager, ready, prepared, and she's a social worker, and so at the time was working with troubled teen girls. And from time to time, one of them would show up pregnant. And uh, they would often view it as an inconvenience. And Ruth is longing to become pregnant, to start a family. They're pregnant. They're not ready to parent at all. I'm longing to, can't get pregnant. There were times when she felt like crying, it's not fair. Or that girl in our class, um, she got all the looks and I didn't. It's not fair. Or why did that guy get all the athletic skill and I got two left feet? It's not fair. How about this brother in the church who's wonderfully spiritually gifted and his gifts are needed and appreciated in the church, but, but not me, it's, it's not fair. Or why did I get hit with cancer? And my neighbor living as healthy, hale, happy as can be. It's not fair. Is God's grace unfair. Well, in the parable, the landowner responds to that complaint. Look at verse 13, if you have your Bibles open. He answered one of them, friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. And then that clincher, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? And do you follow the logic here? The landowner gave all those all-day workers exactly what they agreed on, exactly what they deserved. It's exactly what they would have made at any other vineyard that day. To pay them less than a denarius, that would be unfair, but he didn't shortchange them. He gave them what they agreed on and 
deserved. God's grace is not unfair. And I think here it's crucial for us to understand the distinction between fairness and grace. Justice is getting what you deserve. That's fair. Grace is getting something good beyond something you don't deserve. I think we all know uh, and love Dr. Seuss's books. I certainly do. One of his lesser-known books is On Beyond Zebra. Any of you uh, ever read it? Familiar? The Teacher, yes. So On Beyond Zebra, there Dr. Seuss, uh, with his wild imagination, he's fancying, what if the alphabet went longer? What if there were all these other letters beyond Z? And I think that's a good way to think about God's grace. God's grace goes on beyond justice. He gives us justice, but grace is these good things beyond it. That's the fourth main point of the parable. So, brothers and sisters, uh, here in this parable, we get a profound glimpse into heavenly things. The sovereign Lord is free in how he hands out his grace. God does it, as Scripture says, according to his good pleasure. So we don't hold God to a certain formula for blessing us or sending us a certain amount of grace. We should never think that, oh, if I pray hard enough and long enough, God has to pour out this amount of blessing in my life. Now, as master of the universe, God is free to send his grace to whatever address he chooses. I think nowhere do we see God's sovereign freedom more clearly than the doctrine of election. Uh, all through Scripture, we see God's sovereign freedom to choose whom he wants for this or that. God freely chooses Noah, not a thousand or a hundred thousand other people to be saved from the flood. God chose David, not his more handsome older brothers, to be king. God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. Jesus chose 12 disciples among all the other people who might have followed him and God freely chooses individuals to be saved from their sin and adopted into his family. Now, I know that some people have a hard time accepting that. Why some and not others? It's not fair. But no one deserves salvation and Jesus' teaching on God's sovereign freedom is plain. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? So God is the God of unexpected bonuses, a God of lavish grace, but it's also uneven. And I, I just want to ask you tonight, 
might there be a situation where you are struggling with the reality of uneven grace? I mean, deep down, have you resented someone else for all the blessings they've received that maybe you haven't? Have you ever thought, maybe you haven't admitted it, God, it's not fair of you? If that's the case, then, then please remember the distinction between justice and grace. Remember God's word, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money. So rather than complain, let's savor God's fairness and justice, which is perfect, and cherish any grace, any blessings he pours out on beyond that. So for example, are, are you decent looking? Thank God for whatever pleasing looks you have. Can you, with hard study, manage bees in your studies? Then thank God for whatever smarts he has blessed you with. Do you have just an okay knack for fixing things? Thank God for the measure of skill that, that you have. Uh, do you have two kids, not a quiverful? Thank God for the grace of those two precious kids. Again, rather than complain, let's cherish the fairness and the blessings God has freely given us. Now I want to close with this. Uh, may we never stop reveling in God's greatest gift. It's a gift that all God's people receive equally salvation from our sins, and the gift of eternal life. All of us equally receive it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. And we recognize that it has some, some real angles, some um, difficult-to-understand spots, some teaching that might perplex us at first. And we are just struck at how unapologetic Jesus is in his teaching, that, that God is free and sovereign to send his grace how he wants, where he wants. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? And Lord, we live in a culture, American culture, is so much about what I deserve, what I should have. When the gospel truth is dead in our sins, we don't, we don't deserve anything from your hand. So give us that mind of Christ, a more biblical mindset that's that's grateful for your justice, your perfect fairness, and, and just receptive and, and grateful for every blessing and grace that we, we do have. Help us not to compare with others. 
That's just a bad road to go down of discontent. Help us simply to look up to you with gratitude for all that you've blessed us with. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our song of response is How Vast the Benefits Divine. Psalter Hymnal 497. 497 will sing verses 1, 2, and 3. And let's stand if we're able. to love and serve the Lord, receive his words of blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace and grace now and always. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.